Charlie Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. I am your host, Brendan Hedke. As always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E-N-B-A. And as always, this show is part of the Believe podcast network. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the Timberwolves Wednesday night win and also looking ahead to the two games against the New Orleans Pelicans coming up on Saturday and Monday. For those of you maybe curious on the timeline, I am recording this Friday night. Um... So if you hear anything that maybe you figured out the answer to or anything like that, I'm recording Friday night. So if you're listening to this on Saturday and I missed something, uh, apologies, but this is recorded on Friday night. Just want to go ahead and put that out there. But on today's show, I want to talk about a few things. Um, I wanted to talk about just overall the Timberwolves win against the Houston Rockets and what that looked like and what that could mean. You know, like I said, preview the next two games against the New Orleans Pelicans And just kind of give an overall reaction to the beginning of the season. And kind of a season preview, but not not too in-depth and anything like that. But let's go ahead and start with the game. Let's kind of run through the entire um, game from like start to finish, kind of talk about it. Um, The biggest thing was Chris Finch, prior to tip in his pregame media availability, said that he was not ready to... tell us who his fifth starter was going to be. At that time, I'm sure he already knew who that was going to be. But at the time, John Krasinski asked him uh, who it's going to be, and he said, well, I think John said, are you ready to tell us who the fifth starter is going to be? And Chris joked and said, no, John, and then chuckled a little bit. So um, he wasn't ready to tell us, but as you know, the game got closer, and before tip, we it was announced that Josh Okogi was going to be starting at the power forward for the Timberwolves. Um, I like that move. Um, I've been advocating for... Um, Jared Vanderbilt to be the starter for a while and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that but in this specific game Josh Okoge is going to be the or was was the starter and the you know what that meant for the team was um, that you were smaller but you were playing the Houston Rockets and it didn't really matter that you were smaller because they're not the biggest team they had Daniel Tice and um, Christian Wood as their you know four and five Um, Tice is a pretty solid size center, but Christian Wood, you know, he's tall and lengthy, but he's not he's not built big, um, and he was guarded a lot by, you know, Jaden McDaniels. Um, Jessica Kogi was playing on the perimeter against, like, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. So it wasn't... Josh wasn't necessarily playing the power forward that much because he, I, I like to define who you're guarding is your position. So he was guarding guards. So I guess in that game, he kind of was guarding guards, but Josh is... Josh is the type of player that you're going to stick on whoever you need to stick him on. You're going to stick him on a power forward. You're going to stick him on a point guard. It just depends on matchups and how you want to figure that out. But he was the fifth starter. I'll be. It'll be interesting to see if he's the fifth starter moving into the games against New Orleans. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But before we do, I do have to get a quick message from our sponsor. So I'll be right back. Bet Online is back and better than ever. They have a new web interface for the starter basketball season. They have more prop bets, more odds, more lines than ever before. 
BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You throw in $100, they're going to match half of that, and you're going to have $150 to play with. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so let's get back talking about the starting lineups. And before we talk a lot about Wednesday night's win, we're going to look ahead. So I'm going to do this in a little weird order. But because I'm talking about lineups, I want to get this in here. Um, Looking ahead to Saturday and then on Monday as well. The Pelicans are going to be without um, Zion Williamson for an unknown amount of time. But it's pretty clear he's not going to be playing against the Timberwolves in either of these two games. And the Pelicans have already played... One game, as I'm recording, they're currently in their second game. So they'll be on a the second night of a back-to-back when they play the Wolves on Saturday. Um, so they're going to be pretty tired. And they've played some stiff, competi- excuse me, stiff competition so far. So on, I believe it was on t- Wednesday night, they played the Philadelphia 76ers. And they lost by 20, 117 to 97. Uh, their starters were, at the point guard, they started Devontae Graham. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker came in at the two, and then I would say Brandon Ingram was the three, with Josh Hart being the four, and then Jonas Valanciunas being the five. Um, So not necessarily a big team, um, when you think about it. If Josh Hart is coming in to be their power forward, um, I think you're going to be okay with playing Josh Okogie at the four. Even though Jonas Valanciunas is bigger than Carl Anthony Towns, he might struggle a little bit that way. I think you're going to be okay with Josh Okogie being the four in that game. If they come with somebody else, who knows um, what you want to do. Maybe you stick with Josh and he's just your fifth starter and you figure it out as the season goes on. Or potentially you move to something different. As I said, Philadelphia is also currently playing right now as I'm talking to you and they are playing the Chicago Bulls. Um, And I believe that they started, I'm going to have to go ahead and look at this quick, but I believe they went with the same starting lineup except for they took out Josh Hart, and they went ahead and put in Herb Jones as that fifth starter. So somewhere between Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones is your power forward. That's your forward duo there. Um, And I believe Josh Hart is injured, Um, and I'm not sure if he's going to be playing in um, Saturday's game, but Herb Jones isn't necessarily like the smallest guy. But he's not a big dude. He's only six foot seven, two hundred and six pounds. Um, so I think you could get away with playing Josh Okogie the same way you could against Josh Hart. Um, Josh Hart's a little bit smaller, but I think he's a little bit bigger than Herb Jones is. So it's looking like Josh Okogie could be that fifth starter. Um, obviously, they could go ahead and start somebody else next to Jonas Valanciunas at the four. But I'm assuming they're going to go with Herb Jones if that's what they did today, and if uh, Josh Hart can't play. So. I would go ahead and start Josh Okogie um, for that game. But now that we're done talking about the lineups, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of previewing the Pelicans games and what all that means. Um, but we're going to talk about Wednesday night's game, go back to it, talk about some of the really awesome things that we saw, some of the not-so-awesome things we saw, who looked good, things like that. So to start off, I want to get a little bit of love to this player because 
His stat line was insane, and I don't think he's getting enough praise for it because some other guys did some really impressive things. But Jaden McDaniels is the first person I want to talk about. Now, four points, four rebounds, one assist doesn't blow you any. You know, you're not getting blown away by that. It was cool to see him pull down four rebounds. I guess um, I'm hoping he can be a guy that averages at least five rebounds this season. Um, the four points, he only took three shots. He took one three. He had that lob from Anthony Edwards, which was sick in transition. He had another bucket that I can't really remember what it was. Um, but he only took three shots. So he wasn't like shooting poorly. He just didn't shoot a lot. That's okay because um, he knew where to pick his spots. The things that really stick out are the three steals, or excuse me, the four steals. And on ESPN, he was credited with two blocks. I believe he might have had three blocks. But either way, you're talking six or seven stocks in that game. That is massive. Um and Josh Okogie and Jared Vanderbilt get a lot of the praise for what they did in this game. Josh Okogie had two steals and two blocks of his own. Vanderbilt had two steals of his own also. Um, but Jaden McDaniels really kind of flew under the radar, I think, a little bit, even though he like had the most defensive impact stat-wise. But I think what we can kind of take from this and this is a take I've kind of been formulating for a while and I think Wednesday night's game just kind of really put this into perspective for me is Josh Okogie and Jared Vanderbilt are very similar defenders in their play style they're obviously different sizes and things like that and Jaden McDaniels has his own way of playing defense and what I kind of hypothesized is that the way that Josh Okogie and Jared Vanderbilt play defense is in a way that's infectious and it really transfers over to the entire team where it makes those players you know play harder play better defense um make sure they're in the right spots and things like that where it's kind of a more chaotic energy that people can really feed off of right and the type of defense we're seeing from Jaden mcdaniels is he's that quiet laid back always in the right position doing what he needs to do type of player on the defensive end and it doesn't quite transfer over to the rest of the team now he's playing really solid defense himself but he's not going ahead and you know hyping up his team so much I mean he is don't get me wrong he's doing that but he's not doing it so much that he um is like getting them all super hyped and super super involved and I think that's something that you know it has its place, but it's very use. It's not quite as useful as getting the whole team up and doing that def- that amount of defense, um, like Josh Gogi and Jared Vanderbilt. Um, somebody on Twitter, so I actually tweeted out that theory. So if you saw it, you can go ahead and read it. I'll read it verbatim from what I said. Um, McDaniel, I said McDaniel's is a very impressive defender, but it seems his defense doesn't quite translate to the whole team being good defensively defensively it probably is because he is a lot more poised under control and Nikogi and Vando are all over the place and then somebody goes ahead and replies it's at Pav Drew um and I really like this response he said McDaniels is the friend in the group that knows how to party but Akogi and Vanderbilt are the friend that brings the party so I think that's a really good way to put it so shout out to uh at Pav Drew um I think that's a good way to put it so I'm gonna leave it at that but I just want to give Jaden McDaniels some love some love um, and then we'll go ahead and talk about Josh Okogie and Jared Vanderbilt. Those guys, one of those two has to be on the court, I think, at all times. I literally think you got to keep one of those two at the, on court pretty much all the time. 
watching the Timberwolves game on Wednesday, we really, I really noticed, and a couple other people really noticed, when neither of those players was it, were in the game, it seemed like a lot more of a freeway to the rim um, to get layups than it was when one of those two players was in the game. And if that's the type of effect that they're having on the Timberwolves, they need to keep those guys on the court, one of them, as much as possible. Um, and I think that would be really beneficial to try to do that because we need, we can't be, we can't afford to have a freeway to the rim. Um, that's going to lose a lot of basketball games for this team. So they need to figure out a way to keep one of those guys on the court for pretty much at all times. And maybe with Patrick Beverly back, you can get away with having just one of those three on the court at all times. We haven't really seen Pat um, with this team outside of the preseason yet. So it'll be interesting to see what that kind of looks like as we go forward. But um, I was really impressed with Josh Okogie and Jared Vanderbilt defensively. I think that's going to be a common theme all season. It'll be really interesting to track what they can do offensively when it comes to a better defensive team. Houston wasn't a great defensive team. Um, They're not going to be... They're fun, athletic team, but they're not going to be good defensively. So I want to see when we face a when the Timberwolves face a better defense, are they going to exploit the offensive weaknesses so much that Josh Okogie or Jared Vanderbilt end up being unplayable? But we're going to have to see what that what that looks like when that time comes. Right now, it's not going to come. They're going to be playing New Orleans, who's probably not going to be a great defensive team either. So it might be a little bit before they face a team like that, but. It will be interesting to see what happens when that point in time arrives. The other people we need to talk about is the big three of this team. Um, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. Let's talk about D'Lo. D'Lo on Wednesday night started off slowly. Um, well, actually, he kind of started off a little quickly at the beginning, tried to get to the basket a few times, got some free throws, and then it kind of cooled down from there. But then we got to the point where I believe it was in the third quarter the second or third quarter I can't really remember but D'Angelo Russell just took off and he hit four threes in the matter of like two and a half or three minutes or something like that and he just caught fire quickly um but he also had seven assists so that was good he ended up plus nine on the night I think he played pretty solid overall um Carl Anthony Towns had a fantastic game he had 30 points on 11 of 15 shooting he was five for five from the free throw line he made three of his four threes Grabbed 10 rebounds, dished out two assists, plus 34 in the night. Just a fantastic job by him. But Ant is the guy we got to talk about the most. Anthony Edwards is going to have an all-star caliber season this year. He looked electric. He looked unstoppable at times. Of course, he took a lot of threes. He was 6 for 12 from deep, which is good. Shows that he can shoot. He's not going to go 6 for 12 every night. He's going to have to attack more when the shot's not falling as much. Um, but he was a very impressive shooter, scorer on Wednesday night. Ended with 29. Um, just a fantastic game. And the thing about Anthony Edwards is he, you can tell already, after one game playing in front of a crowded arena, he feeds off the crowd and the crowd feeds off of him. It's kind of like a never-ending cycle, a never-ending cycle of hypeness. And that's going to be really important because he's going to be playing in front of, not, I'm not, I don't want to say packed because tar- Target Center is rarely packed, but maybe this season it will be. 
He's going to be playing against crowds this year. He played most of his rookie season against no crowds and then limited crowds towards the end of it. We're talking full houses, high capacity arenas. He's going to feed off that. So I want to go ahead. I'm going to throw in a quote here talking about Anthony Edwards getting pumped up by the crowd. Go ahead and listen to what he says um, because it seems like he's pretty excited to do that for the rest of this year. And how, how did you feel in that second quarter uh, tonight? And, and you know, how much did you maybe feed off of, of the crowd energy? And, and just, you know, what was your mindset during that, that, that little run you had there? Man, all I can say is the crowd brings a different type of energy to the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like last year, it was freezing in the gym. This year, it's hot. Here, body, different atmosphere, man. It's just it's great. And you mentioned the crowd. Um, your, your first dunk of the year. Could you just feel like the energy when when you threw it down in that moment? Yeah, man. I felt like I was back at UGA, man. You know what I'm saying? Crazy fans. Everybody there to support. It was all up. During that run in the second quarter, um, after that last three, uh, were you pretending to call it timeout? Like, yeah, I was telling the coach call it call it damn timeout. Oh, <laughs> need a timeout. I, Sure. I did, but I didn't realize the time. I didn't realize it was 20 seconds, so he couldn't call the time out. <laughs> so tonight, obviously, and for you, was the biggest home crowd that you've played in front of since being in the NBA. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've probably seen it on TV, just guys feeling like they're blacking out out there when the crowd's just getting drawn behind. Did, did, did you feel like that at all tonight? And just how different did it feel tonight compared to, you know, last year? I mean, it was totally different, man. I mean, it's like night and day. Like the crowd last year, no crowd. The crowd this year, it's like, no seats left. So, I mean, just we, we just want to uh, pre- we, we appreciate the fans being there. We just want to tell them to keep coming out. We're going to give them what they want to see. And, you know what I'm saying, they're the reason we're going to win. All right. So, as you saw, Ant mentioned that it sounded it, – to him, it was like he was back at the University of Georgia where he went to college with the fans just being super involved in the game. And it sounds like he's really ready for that to be the case as his sophomore season goes on. And I think he's going to I think he's going to have a an all-star type season because he is going to be good. My bold prediction for the season over at canisupus.com was that Ant was going to be the Timberwolves leading scorer by 5 points. So I was predicting, you know, he's at 28-29, Cats at 23-24. That's my bold prediction. I think he could get there. I don't think this 29 points is a one-off thing. I think he, we're going to be seeing a lot of that as the season goes on. Um, the one thing I am worried about Ant is the shot selection, and that's been a thing even last year. Um, I don't want to see him taking too many threes. He had some thoughts about this post game on Wednesday also, and I'll throw that clip in a little bit, but he took 12 threes. He's probably not going to take 12 threes every night. I hope he's not unless he's hitting them at a high clip because we need him to be getting downhill to the basket. Um, and some of that does come with, you know, making the threes opens up the lane to the basket and vice versa. So I'll, I'll clip Ant's thoughts on that to your, Britt Robson asked him a question. I'll clip that into the podcast here too. You can hear what Ant had to say about that. Um, so I'll go ahead and throw that in right now. You shot 12 threes tonight, much more than you drove to the basket, but you made half of your threes. In a normal course of events, do you think that you're going to be probably shooting more threes than drives, or is it just I mean, kind of mixing it up? I mean, yeah, because in order for the lane to open up, you've got to shoot threes or make them respect the jumper. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at how 
if I get a switch, Christian Wood, he's playing all the way back. So I got to hit a couple threes for him to come up to respect my jumper. So, I mean, in order for me to get down here, which I'm, I'm very good at, I got to hit jumpers. So that's why I worked on it so much. All right, so as you can tell, Ant's not really worried about it. He's not worried about it. We're going to see what that means. I'm a, not concerned, but I just hope it doesn't become a big problem. And that's kind of where my head's at with that. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's let's move on to the next topic. The next topic is Patrick Beverly coming back. So if you didn't watch the game or if you just, I guess, weren't paying attention, Patrick Beverly didn't play on Wednesday. He's not hurt. The reason being is he pushed Chris Paul in the back last year during the playoffs when he was playing for the Clippers. And he was handed a one-game suspension. So that suspension was um, given during the first game of this regular season. So that was Wednesday night. Um, so we didn't have Patrick Beverly. Chris Finch went on to praise Patrick Beverly post-game um, for the defense that the Timberwolves played, which is funny because Patrick Beverly literally was not at the game. Um, but it just shows the impact that he's had on this team already as a leader especially on the defensive side of the ball so i'm excited to see what it looks like on saturday when he is at the game when he is suited up playing for the timberwolves it's gonna be one more plus defender on the court one more shooter on the court um from the sounds of it chris finch is just gonna add patrick beverly into the rotation so the timberwolves are gonna play 11 guys jordan mclaughlin's probably gonna get some minutes squeezed out of there um but it sounds like it's gonna be an 11 man rotation going forward which I don't know um, how I feel about that. It's a little dicey. Um, I think with this personnel, it makes some sense, but I just am always worried about running too thin when you get down to, you know, 11, 12 guys in a rotation. Um, We'll see if Chris Finch can make it work, but I think that it's something that we should monitor is maybe at some point we do need to take somebody out of this rotation and get it down to 10. Um, But for right now, it'll be interesting to see how Chris Finch manages all that, the types of minutes players are getting what lineup combinations we're using on the court um and what seems to work the best there's not a lot of data to back up any lineup combinations yet so we have to set up that data by letting the guys play together once that starts i'm going to be really interested to parse that and see who's doing good who's not doing good but i'm excited to see patrick beverly back on this team i liked what i saw from him in the preseason defensively on the bench the guy never sits down never sits down on the bench so that's going to be another thing um, to see, but I'm excited for what he's going to bring. As for the Timberwolves, next couple games, they do play, like I said before, New Orleans twice coming up Saturday and Monday. So New Orleans coming off a of back-to-back um, Friday night. They have a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. Um, so they'll play the Timberwolves at 7 Central Time on Saturday at Target Center. I will be there as a fan. I won't be covering that game, but I will be there as a fan. And I'll be mentally covering the game because I can't seem to let myself go off of that. But um, I'll be there as a fan, which I'm excited for. And it's probably it might be the only game I'm at as a fan this season, but I'll be at you know more than a handful of games covering it. But it'll be good to get one out of the way, to be able to cheer at the game, because uh, I want to be part of that crowd. It's going to be hard for me not to be cheering on Meteor Row, but I got to do it one time. So we're doing it on Saturday. We'll be there. Um, it'll be pretty fun to... Hopefully a fun environment. Hopefully Ant can tell uh, the Pelicans coach to call timeout too, like he did to Steven, Steven Silas on Wednesday. But looking ahead to the Pelicans games, like I said, um, they currently are getting beaten by the Chicago Bulls. At this point, it's almost the end of the third. They're down by 17. 
I'd be surprised if they come back to win this game. Um, maybe they will, but I, I doubt it. Um, the Bulls seem to be a pretty solid team this season. So they're going to probably come in on the second night of a back-to-back, traveling from Chicago to Minnesota, playing again on a two-game losing streak. Um, so I like the Timberwolves' chances in this one, and then again they play on Monday and I think I like the Timberwolves' chances there, too. With no, I think the Timberwolves are a better team than the Pelicans without, or even with Zion playing. So without Zion, I think that the Pelicans are in a, a good tier below the Timberwolves. So I think they got a chance to start this season 3-0, and and then they can really move into the, uh, they can really move into the season on a good note, winning three of their home games, not really dropping any that way. But um, after the, after the uh, Pelicans game, they're going to go ahead. I think they have... Sorry, I'm trying to pull it up. I think they might be going to Milwaukee after that, but I could be wrong. And now nothing is uh, loading. But yeah, so they have... Remember, they have seven of their first eight games at home. And then the only game they have in that first eight that's away is in Milwaukee, which is their first um, you know, road game, but it's also the closest team that they can play on the road. So, yeah, they have the Pelicans back, not back-to-back, but Saturday, Monday. Then they play at Milwaukee, follow that up with the Nuggets at home, Magic at home, Clippers at home twice before they go to the Grizzlies on November 8th. So they have a good homestand. If they can start 3-0 and and then go to Milwaukee and then come back for four more home games, if they can come out of that stretch 6-2, and two, Maybe five and three. You're starting off the season on a really good note, um, and I'd be really impressed if we can get that done. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have for today's episode. Um, I'm just pumped to see Ant throw something down in person um, on Saturday. It's gonna be fantastic. I'm gonna go absolutely crazy, um, and I know the entire arena is too. So I'm excited for the season. Wednesday got me really pumped. Again, that's a subpar opponent, but they they really laid the handle down. They destroyed the Rockets. The score doesn't really indicate. They're up by 30-some for quite a bit of the game. They destroyed the Rockets, and that's what good teams do is they beat the crap out of the teams they're supposed to. And the Timberwolves did that. I think they're supposed to win against the Pelicans on Saturday, and they're supposed to win against the Pelicans on Monday. They have their six-point favorites. Um, they have a 70% chance to win, according to ESPN. I like their chances. That's all I got to say. I know I'm kind of rambling at this point, but that's I guess that's just how excited I am for this season. But other than that, I think that's pretty much all I have. So thank you guys so much for um, listening to this episode. I truly do appreciate it. Um, if you have any questions or anything, you can always tweet them at me on Twitter. You can send an email to my Twitter bio. Go ahead and follow me on there. Follow the Believe in Timberwolves podcast at Believe in Wolves on Twitter as well. Um, but this has been the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm your host, Brandon Hedke. I will see you guys next week. Enjoy this weekend of games and peace out. <laughs>